Thanks for tuning in to the Replatform podcast sponsored by Ambulance and Clavio. You're listening to myself, uh, James Gerd. My co-host, Paul Rogers, is otherwise engaged today. Uh, thank you for regular listeners for tuning back in. And a warm welcome if this is your first time. We hope you enjoy the content. Do subscribe and you get a new episode alert every week. And we'd love a like on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple. It makes us feel good about our inadequacies in life. And let me set up today's uh, episode and I introduce you to our wonderful guest. So our topic is how yacht posts being used to to improve customer loyalty and lifetime value. We're going to be covering um, understanding where the the Yopo platform ecosystem because it's got a lot of different product features and as with all vendors they're constantly releasing new capabilities. How SMS is being used to improve customer engagement and conversion. The new subscriptions product for Shopify merchants and future roadmap focus. So that's that's my little ramble to get set up. So um, welcome. Uh, first of all, let's welcome to Etai, who's the director of partnerships. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you, James. I'm, uh, I was curious when will we get uh, the invitation to be on the podcast. I'm so, I'm, I'm so happy that our time has finally come. So I appreciate uh, the invitation. I'm doing very well. Thank you. That, that's good. I believe that you're a lot warmer than we are in the UK today because you're in the, the glorious sunshine just outside of Tel Aviv. Very true, very true. So I moved back after three years in uh, London. I moved back about last summer, still kind of uh, making my head to London about once a month. Uh, so I still get, you know, the London weather enough to, to, to remember how good it is. But yeah, my most of my days I spend in, in our uh, HQ in Tel Aviv. Cool. Well, lovely. Yeah, thanks for joining us. And welcome, Erin, as well. So, Erin, you're Senior Manager for Learning and Enablement, and I understood that you relocated to London um, from New York about six months ago. So you've gone from freezing cold to a little less freezing cold. <laughs> yeah, good morning, James. Thanks so much for having us. So, uh, yeah, I'm originally, as I'm sure your listeners can tell, I'm, I'm full American, despite my wanting to learn in the British accent. But yeah, I've, I've been with Yapo about seven years and had the great opportunity about six months ago to relocate from our um, U.S. headquarters in New York City over to London. So been loving it so far. Um, we got some snow yesterday and it's it's making me feel like I'm back at home. So <laughs> happy to be in London, happy to be here. We like to do our best. We like to freeze people to make them feel welcome. <laughs> um, so, but we've got loads of really interesting questions about the platform and the technology and how people are using it. Before we do, there will be people who have used Yopo, people who've looked at it, and people who who don't know really where you fit in the market. So, between the two of you, I'll let you fight it out. Who's going to answer and how? Can you do, give us like your sixty second elevator pitch? What is Yopo? What does it do, and why? Sure. So I'll take it even though I know for a fact Aaron is going to do a better job than me. So Yapo, if you don't ask, we started as a, a reviews-only solution about uh, 11 years ago, actually. Uh, we worked a very long way in the past, kind of uh, over a decade, and added great products along the way, uh, including a full suite of UGC features or user-generated content features, if the terms UGC is, is kind of foreign to you, uh, loyalty and refer-friend uh, platforms, SMS and email marketing, and most recently, subscriptions. Um, so the idea, and we'll get into the details of why we added so many products along, along uh, the, the kind of along the way. But basically, Yappa offers all the tools that you need to market to your most loyal customers and community members, allowing your brand to grow um, their community into like advocate ad, ad, advocacers, um, making sure that your revenue from attention is increasing, and that's pretty much where we are today. Excellent. Thanks. That's, I think that's a really nice one. Yeah, I, I think it's a good distinction because I know a few people historically associated Yacht Popular with reviews, but it's moved on massively. So we're going to tease that out in the episode. And actually, before I get into some of the questions, Erin, I think an interesting question. I know that to Etai, you're director of partnerships, and I think people can probably understand that. 
you are senior manager for learning and enablement. Is that mm -hmm. customer success focused or is this, is that a wider role? Great question. So I spent um, my time at Apple in many different roles, started out in sales for a couple of years and then was in customer success uh, for both our smaller merchants and then our most strategic merchants. So I do have a background in customer success at Apple, but um, now learning and enablement is actually meant to help our internal teams. So what we consider our go-to market teams, sales, partnerships, uh, customer success, really, you know, with their training, ongoing learning and development, and ultimately meet their revenue goals and KPI. So um, I've taken all of that historical knowledge and, you know, experience at Yapo, and now I'm helping grow our internal employees. Ah, so Interesting. Uh, well, I, mm -hmm. I can see why the customer success background is important because helping people understand the customer mindset is so important for, for, for growth anyway. Um, so we, we've already referenced that Yapo has a lot of different products in its armory. Which products are you seeing the most demand growth for in 22 and why? Um, so it's a really good question. I guess the, the, the answer really depends on kind of, you know, what market are we are, are we looking at and uh, what types of, 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 uh, of segment? Is it like SMB or mid-market enterprise and so on? In, in general, um, loyalty is a very strong driver um, of sales recently. So I would say in the past kind of two, three years, if in the past you had to convince a brand why they need to have a loyalty program to begin with. Now our sellers are almost, you know, they don't typically have to explain why a brand needs a loyalty platform. It's about explaining how your our uh, a loyalty platform integrates with their overall kind of tech stack, how our loyalty strategy is different to other um, loyalty strategies, and more than anything, how kind of uh, a loyalty becomes something more holistic into your retention strategy. Um, so that's one thing. I would say another really interesting kind of product, and I think we're going to talk more about this, is uh, SMS is seeing a tremendous, tremendous growth. Um, so again, at different markets behave very differently. Obviously, the German market is less receptive to SMS than, let's say, the US market. Maybe I think I, I kind of chose the two kind of edges of, of, uh, of the spectrum. Um, so different markets behave very differently, not just from uh, privacy concerns, but also like... You know, SMS is a function of uh, uh, carriers and different carriers charge uh, uh, different amounts and fees in different uh, markets. So in some markets, SMS is more expensive than other, not because of the solution, because of the carriers. Uh, but overall, in the grand scheme of things, we're seeing like a massive appetite for brands to use SMS as a marketing channel, as a tool to kind of cut through the noise and get uh, uh, merchants or so a community where they actually spend most of their time on their mobile phones. Uh, and that's... I was personally very surprised to see how receptive brands and individuals are to send an SMS campaign, also to receive an SMS campaign. Yeah, I, I think that that's borne out by what I've seen in the market in the last few years. I think US US was ahead of uh, of the UK and other parts of Europe in terms of SMS adoption, and the UK's uh, caught up really, really quickly, and it's become an area that m more businesses are taking seriously and put investment in tech in, and also the tool into to execute campaign. So let's push into that a bit more, if you don't mind. You've got SMS bump product. Um, what uh, And part of that, you've got an SMS flow builder. So I think what e-commerce people on here want to hear is, what does the flow builder let us do? Like, how are merchants really using this? Yeah, I can take that one. So great question. So explaining the flow builder just at a high level. So flows are essentially automated text that a brand can send based on an event. So think about, you know, 
a certain event occurs, such as somebody opts into uh, signing up for SMS, and then a brand within Yonpo SMS can set up different messages and uh, flows essentially based on those different triggers. So at a high level, what the flow builder is designed to do is have those hyper-personalized messages, right? Consumers don't want to have the same message that their friend has that has completely different shopping habits. So we have about 20 or so out-of-the-box flows in our flow library that a brand can actually come to Yapo without any SMS experience and choose our top-performing flows, or they can build their own. So I'll just share maybe one or two what I find personally really interesting use cases of brands using our flow builder. Um, one could be, as I just briefly mentioned, a welcome flow, but more of a conversational element. So let's say as a consumer, you just opted into SMS. And let's imagine for a second, the brand sells skincare products. Um, what a brand can do with Yapo SMS is they can actually create a welcome flow Say, you know, hi, James, welcome to uh, XYZ Brands, um, you know, community. Do you have a certain skin type? And, you know, actually start having a conversation with that customer and asking them, is your skin type dry? Is it, you know, oily or problematic in certain areas? And then based on the consumer's answer, actually create those automated responses and conversations and ultimately deliver a product recommendation based on that criteria. Skincare is one example. This, of course, works in any industry. Um, another use case I'll share before kind of wrapping this up is just, you know, maybe um, abandoned carts. So looking at when someone abandoned a cart, maybe also looking at historical purchase behavior, such as how many times they've shopped with a brand and actually creating kind of um, dynamic conversations through SMS based on what they had in their cart. And maybe if they purchased in the past, we don't need to offer them an incentive, but if they've never purchased from the brand, maybe that flow will actually have something like 10% off their purchase. And from my understanding, the flow builders are self-serve, so you don't need to development resource so you're basically if, if you're pushing the event data in you can then create the flow based on what the data points are is that correct yeah exactly so we have out of the box integrations with uh both magento and shopify for our sms products um and with those two platforms and i'll just caveat really quickly that we can also support you know custom built platforms it just takes a little more development work but for the sake of this let's focus on our out of the box integrations so we have about 35 plus data points we get from both of those um, tech providers. And based on that information, brands can create uh, segments and flows based on customer location, um, their gender, their shopping habits. So how frequently they purchase. And then, of course, the other data points we have based on our other product lines. So are they a loyalty member? Are they have they written a review? Have they referred a friend? So yes, James, everything's completely out of the box. Meaning, um, you don't need development resources necessarily to build those flows. And as I said, we highlight you know recommended ones as well. Yeah, and I think I mean increasingly that's that's the world people have evolved to away from uh, platforms where every time you want to enable something, you get a developer to raise erase ticket and the developer wills it to. Well, I've got the data points and I can just self serve and hook it in. Um, and you talked about, like, you know, or basically pre-made connectors, which is, I think, people in the worlds of Shopify, big commerce are used to that. Um, less so in the lights of Magento, because there's always there always seems to be a bit of development. But what what are the integration requirements? Are these connectors built into the platform so that people don't have to do anything? They literally turn them on, or is there any development work needed to get those data flows working once the connector is installed? Good question. So it it will differ between a, a 
you know, e-com platform like Shopify versus Magento, just due to the nature of the platforms themselves. Obviously, Magento platforms, typically, there's no one size fits all. Every uh, brand might have a unique Magento instance. So um, I'll kind of answer that in two parts. With Shopify, it's pretty out of the box, meaning you just kind of download the app, flip a switch and, and SMS is on. Magento does take, you know, sometimes a little bit of like 10 development hours, but it's still pretty minimal in the scheme of things um, because we have invested all of those resources in developing the integration. And then the brand just needs to set it up based on their unique instance with Magento. I was about to say 10 hours of Magento is is extremely light. I think people right. are doing a lot more complex with <laughs> integrate, especially especially when it when people have looked historically at SMS and, and email integrations, they tend to take quite a long time. So yeah. um, interesting. Now, I understand, um, although I don't really know much about this part of your product set, so I'm looking forward to hearing more about it, about the mobile checkout click to buy that's been in, implemented. Um, I'd love to know how this works. Is it specific to a, a platform? Is it platform agnostic? And therefore, how does it work? So if somebody puts it in, what's doing the actual purchasing mechanism? Yeah. So um, currently, this is with our Shopify integration. Um, and the way click to buy works is essentially um, the brand can pre-populate a cart for their shopper based on what they already know about them. So go, again, going back to those 35 or so data points we have on you know historical shopping behavior and what they've purchased in the past, um, brands would create kind of a, a dynamic short code in their SMS flow or campaign with a pre-populated um, link. So the way it works in practicality is I send a message out to a consumer with a bunch of products that are curated to them. They click on the link and then it brings them to the native Shopify checkout. So there really aren't any limitations. A brand can use all different payment providers um, because it kind of just brings them to that final step of the purchasing journey with those products already curated. We can even automatically apply a discount code if they'd like. Yeah, that makes sense. So you're not trying to touch the actual checkout and the payment itself. You're trying right. to speed up. Oh, that's interesting. So, so right. basically you've done the integration with Shopify. Therefore, that, that, that link runs a script that automatically populates a basket in Shopify. Then. Yep. Exactly. So we bypass the add to cart and all of the the previous steps and essentially say, here's your curated cart. You're on the cart page. Maybe a discount's applied and then they just need to, you know, enter the rest of their payment details. Uh, and I'm assuming then that when, if people want to set up this up, they're setting that up and creating the link through your admin. They're not doing it through Shopify's, right? But your integration enables that process to then flow through. Yes, that's exactly correct. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I can see why that's very. And is is that live? Are there live examples of people using at the moment, or is this really new to market? No, we've had this. Um, this has been live since about April of this year. So uh, we have tons of brands that are currently using it. Um, I actually got an experience the other day with with some brands that I was I didn't even really realize that they were necessarily signed up for Yapo SMS, but I was subscribed to their messages and and I used it with a skincare brand. So. Yeah, I'm intrigued to see how how much more SMS gets used over the next like six to twelve months because it's definitely harder trade in times. There are certain verticals that are struggling, and and inboxes get saturated very very quickly, and also people's attention spans and in inboxes drops off massively. Um, another part of the product I, I think would be really useful to do some clarification on is the um, real time reporting. I, I know that you know most platforms offer uh, tooling to people have reports, and Sometimes e-commerce teams struggle to understand what the value add is because they're used to using their analytics tooling or they might have a BI 
system um, from a financial point of view. Can you just clarify, you know, how do customers use your real-time reports? Like, What, what do the real-time reports enable them to do? Like, what, what decisions can it help them make, basically? Yeah, so we have both high-level analytics for, well, all of our products, but just in the, the nature of SMS we were just talking about, James. So, um, you know, it, what we find is really important that you, a brand can not only just see their high-level revenue, but it can actually see how each SMS flow or campaign is performing so they can make tweaks. So, you know, for example, Black Friday, Cyber Monday just recently occurred. Maybe they ran a big campaign and they want to see how that specific SMS campaign performs. They can dive in with the Yopco platform in real time and see, okay, how many people clicked on the message, how many purchases were made, how many people, you know, added an item to their cart, but abandoned purchase. And then, you know, working with a Yopo um, SMS strategist to actually maybe make adjustments for the next campaign they run to maybe, you know, make some significant or make some, I'm sorry, minor changes. Um, to just answer it at a high level, reporting as a business is something we really believe in. We have pretty robust reporting in all of our product line. What is Ampliance? In a word, it's freedom. The freedom to build a digital experience as limitless as your vision. Create, preview, schedule, and manage all your content in one easy place. Find out more at Ampliance.com. Ampliance. Experience freedom. Yeah, I think that ability to make adjustments on the fly um, is really useful to, as opposed to waiting to the end of a campaign and having to spend lots of time doing a big piece of report. And it feels like that's quite an antiquated way of doing analysis these days. Um, cool. Thank you. So the next question I've got, and I'm intrigued about this genuinely because um, I love seeing roadmaps evolve over years. And you've recently added subscriptions product for Shopify customers. And subscription has been a big part of the Shopify pattern for a while and recharge was the, yeah has uh, has been the the dominant player in the subscription space and i know that shopify has opened up subscription um capability uh, core to the platform now i'd love to know why this addition so what why have you gone down this route and and what is the what is the product strategy basically for subscription yeah i'm i'm happy to to jump in i guess there's like a few questions that kind of hiding in, in, in within your question first of all you know let's talk about like why subscription in in general and i think kind of the most compelling stat that uh, uh there is is shopify said it by 2025 three out of every four DTC brands will offer subscriptions. So just about like, you know, for, from a business perspective, the, 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 the business opportunity, but also like if you really want to serve brands properly, and I think that's maybe something I missed on when I kind of present the Yelp, I'll talk about this now, but when you really want to, to serve uh, brands properly, you cannot ignore subscriptions. So I'll just very briefly, I just want to talk about one thing that we hear about conceptually from brands, and then I'm going to dive back into, into subscription. But what are the biggest pain points that retailers and brands are experiencing now? Definitely kind of the smaller brands is the influx of different e-commerce uh, um, marketing applications, endpoints that they have to use, right? That were between 15 and different, dif- uh, 15, uh, 15, so, sorry, 15 and 20 different marketing applications, uh, if it's reviews, if it's personalization, if it's site search, uh, email marketing, and so on and so on and so on. Most of these brands have a very small marketing team, right? For them to manage all these different applications is a difficulty on the one hand, when you're trying to like uh, synergize and make the most out of those kind of different applications and their integration, it's beca- it becomes even harder, right? Comes Yopo and says, we want to make sure that the life of like the 
SMB to small mid market brands is much easier down the line, right? You want to have multiple marketing applications, not a problem. We'll give you that on a single player, on a single platform, making sure that you're going to have benefits from using multiple products under Yacht For example, if you're going to leave a review, you're going to get loyalty points. If you are a, a consumer that left multiple um, positive star ratings and reviews, meaning you are more prone to recommend a friend. So I'm going to I'm going to choose you as an ambassador or something to refer a friend to the brand in the future, right? So there's different like multiple like uh, uh, co- uh, dots connection that Yopo does for the brand to make sure that their marketing life is much easier, right? That's where we're going to be a retention platform with multiple products. Now I'm going to go uh, back to... Um, Go back to subscription. So when we build subscription, we we we're not just focusing on you know having like another way to uh, to take money from a consumer. We're not building a, a product that supports brands to drive subscription growth. What we do is we provide uh, brands with a tool to grow those subscribers and making sure that their community is able to purchase uh, better. So we'll be able to identify who are those kind of um, good potential consumers that couldn't be subscribers into the future. We'll be able to help you identify a red flag from a subscriber that had a very negative experience with one of those products, right? So it's not just about kind of the, the, the single experience of buying under the subscription product. It's about how subscription ties into your overall kind of uh, uh, retention strategy. And so in terms of the, that's an interesting uh, distinction, I think. in terms of that payment piece, because I know with with um, like you know the the mobile checkout, the SMS, you're not doing the payment. The checkout's within the platform. You're just driving that that engagement. Is it the same with subscriptions, or or are you processing subscription payments, or does it rely on the business needing a subscription payment provider to work alongside your tool? Exactly. So we rely on the existing payments that the brand already have. What we do is we play with the mechanism. If you think about SMS is the same way, right? A lot of different carriers can, can allow you to send an SMS. The brain behind it allows you to segment, uh, uh, to do it in a more sophisticated way. That's where kind of the, the, the platforms come, uh, come into play. So say, for example, does this um, play well with the SMS bump? to target people through SMS to upsell like subscription products? 100%. That ties into every single one of our product lines. So the, our roadmap at next year, I think uh, we'll get to it maybe in a second, but the roadmap for next year is just to make sure that not just subscription will be a bigger part of every one of our single uh, uh, platforms. For example, um, James, you left a negative review on a skincare brand that you're using consistently for the first three years. If you are a community member that buys consistently from the brand's Three years, and you have a negative uh, um, uh, interactions with the, with a product, and you're a subscriber. That needs to be flagged much higher than just an individual that purchased for the first time with like a mid range uh, experience, right? So making sure the subscription ties into all of our products, reviews, loyalty, refer a friend, SMS. How can I change the cadence of uh, how often they want to get my um, my, I don't know, uh, um, gas for gas tank for solar stream, for example, right? How do I, how can, I'm going on vacation for a month. I don't want my, um, my favorite kind of pet food supplier to come when I'm away. How can I communicate back with the brand in the way that is most, most convenient for me via my, my uh, cell phone? I'm just going to text, you know, pause or stop. All those things, all those announcements are something that we're going to put into our roadmap um, in the re- re- in the future to make sure the experience is much more seamless. I get, yeah, I can, I so I, yeah, I can see the that 
use cases, simplifying the ability to tie up the data points to automate changes rather than having to rely on using you know complex flows and alerts from disparate tools. I can see the benefit of doing that. Interesting. And is anybody doing that at the moment? Because um, I know the subscription is, is relatively new. Is anyone using it and, and automating those flows where if if they're getting a negative review or if something's happening, they're changing their behavior on the subscription level? So what we see, and Aaron, feel free kind of to, to, to chime in as well, but what we see is even though there are integrations do exist and we know we have 180 different integrations with different tech uh, uh, providers globally, right? Uh, from a lot of different uh, uh, verticals and a lot of different kind of um, uh, types of side of the business, integrations are nice. They will never be able to kind of to, to, to fully kind of uh, um, uh, uh, express the, the potential or fully kind of um, give you the full value if they were sort of under one roof, right? Uh, so that's where we see that even though integrations do exist, they offer you like a tasting of the value, but not all of it. And that's something that we really want to change. And I don't know the loyalty engine is, is a big part of the the um, the product set. Uh, a few a few times when I've worked with with clients recently on loyalty, the, the biggest consideration or concern for them is how well loyalty plays with their ECRM tools, which might be a Clavio could even be a Mailchimp, a dot, uh, a dot digital. You know, there are there are myriad out there, as you well know. So, can you talk through people through if they're using an existing ECRM tool and they want to plug in your loyalty? How does that integration work, and what what can people do to automate campaigns? Yeah. So, as you just mentioned, we will never kind of terminate any of our existing partnerships and integrations. We really believe that you know the ecosystem out there is is some of our great partners. So we have really great integrations on the loyalty front with most of the top performing, um, you know, ECRM, ESPs, depending on how you look at it. Um, you know, the Clavios, Milchimps, Bronto, Marsis, Ometria, like tons and tons. I think we have over 15 ESPs we, we integrate with on the loyalty side. Um, so all of the loyalty related notifications can definitely be sent through their ESP. Um, and automated. So, you know, for example, if somebody just reaches a VIP tier and a customer wants or a brand wants to send that customer a thank you and say, hey, James, you just unlocked XYZ benefits because you just earned this VIP tier. Or maybe they actually just want to embed loyalty related attributes or information into their existing flows. So, for example, um, again, let's just take Clavio. A brand is sending out a Black Friday Cyber Monday campaign and they say, Hey, Itai, you actually have 500 loyalty points. You're a gold VIP tier member um, and you've referred five friends. So actually just using that loyalty data to personalize their emails further. So there's kind of both ends of the spectrum with our integrations. Yeah, cool. Um, and in terms of how far loyalty goes in terms of the type of rewards it supports, there are some businesses where simple points-based works well and others where they're terrified by restricting their customers to just points and, and spend base. So I'd love to know how does it how does it play with more advanced loyalty rewards like you know free gifts with purchase and non-spend related things like you know if you're posting UGC or you're leaving reviews you get given a, additional loyalty rewards. Could you talk people through how far they can push it basically? Yeah, this is one of my favorite things about our loyalty product. And actually, when I spent many years on the customer success side, what we typically do when a brand first joins us is we do a big strategy session and we understand, okay, what are your goals? What are you looking to get out of loyalty? And based on what they 
tell us, we set up and actually strategized that with them on very specific and dynamic loyalty campaigns based on their criteria. So, you know, just the other day I was working with a brand, for example, that um, wanted to essentially one of their pain points, they were a fashion brand is that they were getting a lot of returns or people were purchasing the wrong size. So we actually use loyalty as a way to educate the customer on, you know, how to purchase the right size by giving them loyalty points for reading their fit guide. So that's just like one very specific example, but there's a lot of these other, you know, use cases. It could be, uh, we work with all different verticals that maybe just launch new products and they want to actually drive sales to a specific product category. Um, so yes, the answer to your question is loyalty can be very dynamic and, and that's what makes it really fun is that no two loyalty programs should be the same. I like that example of, uh, of encouraging people to read fit guides and, and rewarding them for doing that. That's a really nice way. That, I think that's a great example because that's, that's, that's a complete edge case um, and it's right. not something that everyone would think about. Uh, they would try and just put it prominently on a PDP and hope that people read it. <laughs> um, ah, interesting. And uh, is, is, it, um, is it too soon to know what impact it's had? Are they seeing in that segment that it's having a, a, a positive um, effect through on the returns, right? Or do you know? So I, I don't know yet. I, actually, I, I didn't. I was advising this customer. I didn't actually kind of see them through to it um, as I'm not in the the direct customer facing role. But what I can share is anecdotally, we've done this with a lot of other customers in the past and they have shared that it has actually had an impact. And I would say that use case, it doesn't need to just be returns. It could be maybe a e-com brand really believes in giving back to their community and they want to encourage people to read about how they give back or um, maybe they're looking to collect more information on their customers, such as their interests, their um, age range, whatever. So loyalty should always be used as a way to collect that data um, and create that value exchange between the customer and the brand and not just simply reward them for purchases, but reward them for those desired actions that you're looking to to change. Yeah, I think that's a really nice point. It's, it's what, what's the behavior you're trying to encourage? Uh, because right. it shouldn't always be about changing the customer. It should be encouraging them, rewarding them for positive behavior, right? And that can be mm-hmm transactional non-transactional it could be community it could be whatever however you define it right i think you're right i think Eta, you you alluded to this earlier about more businesses are taking loyalty seriously it's it's a shame that it's taken so long but um i mean it's it's just such an obvious thing isn't it why wouldn't you reward somebody for for for, for being a customer and encourage them to have a better relationship with you um who'd have thought that works eh? hmm. uh cool um so I've got a question around licensing. I don't know where before we before we um while we were talking about planning this podcast, we talked about how you know in the past there used to be like a single license fee, and for some merchants that made it a bit cost prohibitive. And I know that you have changed that completely now. And the, the licensing model um it is is got I guess it's bundled and it's split up across different projects. So you can have an entry point rather than to take everything. Could you, I don't know, Etai, whether this is a question you want to take or Erin, but can you talk oh, me through how does that licensing work and you know what what are the entry points so that people can realize actually, do you know what I could I could trial and pilot part of this without it being cost prohibitive? Yeah, so it's it's a really good uh, um question. So first of all, starting next year, we're gonna have uh two plans by the name of Prime and Gold. 
basically there will be like a cheaper uh, um, version of, of a plan that is between premium package comes with a customer success manager to our self-service where you have to figure out everything on your own. So I'm actually going to have like a dedicated onboarding manager, typically and de- definitely loyalty. That seems to be like a sticky point for brands. Like I know I want it, but I have no idea how to do it. Right. So if we'll have just like an onboarding specialist just to help you get through the first steps um, that will be maybe good enough for you. And then once you cross a certain threshold, we put it around like a thousand orders per uh, per month or so. Then you will qualify for a more premium uh, plan that will come with a customer success manager with a strategist to make sure that you're optimizing and kind of making sure that you're maximizing everything from your plan. So to first, first to the, your first point of the question, if you're a small brand, you want to enjoy Yardful, but you know, you're not doing enough to, to qualify for the premium brand, you can actually go to like either Prime or Gold, try it out. It's a monthly plan. Uh it's very competitive. The pricing is very competitive with what, what else is out, out there on, on the self-service side. And once you'll know once you're going to get to that threshold, we'll reach out and we'll recommend you if you want to kind of uh, go to like a different plan. And you've That's also added, sorry, no, please go. Uh, the second thing is, of course, we will continue to offer a single product to our premium. So if you are a large brand, but you only want reviews, that's not a problem. We can serve you only just reviews. Just because we're building a platform doesn't mean we, that we stop believing that we have to be the best in our verticals and different other uh, elements. So take you up as a review provider and compare us to like the best of what's out there. Yoffpo is, is, is a vertical leader. Same goes to loyalty, same goes to SMS. And this doesn't stop. The fact that we want to have like a single platform with uh, with benefits of and synergies between the product doesn't mean that we're not building the best product and it's uh and it's vertical. So even though we are offering like a bundle uh plan, which is much more cost effective, if you only want to have, I don't know, reviews, just only want to have Yoffpo loyalty, that's something that we can definitely offer. But the uh um, you know, kind of the press efficiencies comes in when you get when you take more products, just because we have like a, our kind of overhead is cheaper, right? We're going to have a single, single customer success manager that can manage multiple products. So it makes our life easier um, when we bundle it on the commercial side as well. And what's the most popular bundle at the moment, right? My assumption is it's going to involve SMS, but is that wrong? No, no, you're, uh, you're, I would say kind of the most common I'm seeing these days is kind of a combo of, of, uh, of loyalty SMS and and reviews as well. Uh, it's coming. People, a lot of people kind of come to Yopa because they think they want to change their existing reviews, not knowing that we offer everything else. So you can you can hear a lot of like intro demos. Of, oh my God, you guys are also doing this. Oh my God, you guys are also doing that. You're checking multiple boxes. So kind of uh, people come to us because of like you know our legacy products, uh, but on the way they realize that we can do much much more to them. Um, so yeah, I would say, Erin, what do you think? Is it was it kind of uh, in your end as well? I would say, you know, reviews and loyalty. If you'd asked me that question two years ago, that was the biggest. But actually, I'm seeing a lot of brands now with you know reviews, loyalty, SMS. What's really great about reviews and SMS, which isn't necessarily something people associate together, is that we actually see much higher review conversion rate with brands that ask for reviews through SMS um, because you know. I think there's some there's a stat like 98% of SMS messages are open within the first three minutes. We all probably have our phones within arm's reach of us. So that's maybe one that a brand doesn't necessarily think about. But if, if you're looking to maximize mm. reviews, why not send them out for us? Yeah. yeah, I think that's a that's a great point. And also it's the 
coming back to that whole customer segmentation piece is understanding which channel people most want to be communicated through. Um, right. Because uh, the SMS bit, do you play in the WhatsApp space yet or is that a future roadmap piece? Because I know um, the, a couple of uh, luxury brands I work with, their 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 premium VIP customer audience. Every communication is personalised. It's through WhatsApp, and therefore they are constantly looking for where they can automate stuff through technology into WhatsApp rather than into just standard SMS. So we're constantly speaking about uh, with Facebook directly or with other kind of aggregators that allow you to do WhatsApp. WhatsApp uh, does come in with like some limitations on uh, on the marketing side of things or what you can and cannot do, uh, even if someone opted out once versus, you know, uh, once every 24 hours. So, so there's a lot of different kind of uh, uh, privacy rules and regulations and things that brands think that they can do with WhatsApp, but they can actually... Can't, we're definitely keeping a, a very close eye on it. We have like we're part of the marketing automation piece. We'll be sitting not to look at WhatsApp very seriously, um, but nothing kind of concrete um, as as of now. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and that leads me on nicely to my final question for you. I'll be interested in both your perspectives on this. Um, where is the Yopo roadmap headed in twenty twenty three, and why? Or is this about feature expansion, or is it about you know increasing the capabilities and existing? features. Yeah, so we're definitely focusing on product synergies, as Itai mentioned earlier. So that's a, a big roadmap item for us in, in general. But really, it's it just helping brands focus on retention is what it boils down to. So if you think about what's changed in the macro environment over the last couple of years with the pandemic, we found brands are spending oftentimes 80% of their marketing budget just to acquire a customer. And they hope, you know, that that customer is going to come back and make a second purchase. Reality is not every customer is going to make a second purchase or maybe they take several weeks to do so. So really that's where we're focusing our efforts in 2023 is around retention. So helping brands drive those lifelong customer relationships, increase customer lifetime value and, and retain them. And so I'll just kind of share like a, a use case around that is talk about subscription. That's a big roadmap item for us to continue to invest in, and build up our offering there. But it's not just about getting subscribers, it's about retaining them, which goes into that retention piece. So we can look at where your customers typically falling off in the uh, subscription purchasing cycle. So is it, you know, they subscribe three times and then they realize they have too much of the product. Um, so it's not only making it easy for them to pause or cancel, but retaining them by giving them loyalty points or, you know, asking them for dynamic feedback about their fifth or subscription purchase with a review. That's one thing, Itai, anything else you, you feel? No, I think that's like hundred uh, percent spot on. At the same time, we're also kind of uh, um we're seeing a, a very big appetite to Yokpo and kind of a global expansion uh side of things, for example, you know, uh France and Germany, uh, the way Shopify kind of explodes there creates a really interesting opportunity for us and a, and a pretty big demand for our services. So just keeping an eye out of what it means on localization, how can we make sure that we can um support like specific uh, um, things like multi-currency and um, although we can do it, there's a lot of like small nuances that can, you can, you can always uh, improve. I would say that's also going to probably going to be something we'll, uh, we'll make sure that we'll focus on. Yeah. That raises an interesting question actually. So say for something like the, um, the SMS piece, how does that play in, in somebody who's like, they might be on Shopify, maybe they're using markets and they've got, expansion stores for like France and Germany and they're translated. 
how how do they um how do they do the translated versions is is that just simply in the back end you just create a different language version of a campaign Erin, you um you want yeah so um so quick anecdote is so sms uh was an acquisition we made in 2020 2020 that is <laughs> i almost added a two on that um and they're actually based at, they were originally based out of Sofia, Bulgaria. So the reason why I bring that up is because they're a, you know, global company at its inception. So everything we do with SMS, for example, has that lens where you can be very, you know, easy to translate the, the messages. Um, sorry about that. Easy to translate the messages. Um, so yeah, so to answer your question at a high level, um, they can either have, you know, dynamic variables within SMS um to capture which language the customer prefers to be communicated with or they can take kind of the the same approach as they do with their front end of their website where you know this certain demographic gets communications in english this one in yeah swedish etc cool excellent thanks i'm sure that you know that we've covered a lot so thank you um for for like the transparency around the 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 uh, the the products and where you're going there might be somebody with a, a particular use case where they're thinking, I'm not quite sure how this would be satisfied or I've got a platform and I want to really understand the integration properly because um, you know, I'm nervous about how easy it is to plug stuff in. How do they reach out? Who do they reach out to? Um, if you're a podcast, can I have an email address? Feel free to put my email address there to any yep. questions whatsoever. Uh, Paul also has uh, my WhatsApp. James, I think you also have my, my, my WhatsApp. So, Feel free to kind of to reach out to you and then we can we can get there. There's also like a like a yachtpo.com as I quested demo. We're typically quite good at like uh returning a message or a phone quite quickly. Um any any one of those uh means. And of course we'll publish Aaron's uh, uh address so they can knock on other as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, where all PII will be demonstrating <laughs> <in a completely laughs> <compliant> way. <laughs> Thus destroying our professional programs. <laughs> um, but look, thanks ever so much for being wonderful guests, Edi and Erin. Really appreciate you taking the time. Um, and thanks to everyone for listening. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. Keep an ear open for our next episode. We drop one every Tuesday. Do subscribe if you haven't already. And please do give us that rating on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and actually now on Amazon. Isn't that exciting? Until next week, everybody. For more information on this topic, head over to replatform.fm for our audio podcasts. To discuss a project, or if you'd like to chat about any of the topics covered in this episode in more detail, please reach out to myself, James Gerd, or my co-host, Paul Rogers, via LinkedIn and Twitter. Thanks again for listening, and keep your ears peeled for the next episode.